Wait a minute. What's up, ladies and gents, and welcome back to another episode of the Birdie Num Num Podcast. I'm Jamal Tali here, having a good week, and I really hope you all are having a wonderful week because we have a nice open dialogue, you and I. And on that note, because we have a nice open dialogue, Today, I want to talk about something that I don't see a lot of people talking about. I mean, I see a lot of videos about how to be more confident or, you know, just do it, just get out there, get over your stage fright and all that stuff. But tactically, um, as you know, I was an IT engineer for a long time and us Indians, especially in the software corporate world, we like things kind of instruction manualized for us, you know, whether it's how to ask out a girl or uh, you know, like how to start a business. We want to know the path, uh, you know, more often traveled. And then from there, we'd like to add our own spin on it. So I wanted to share some tips in my journey as I've been growing up because my birthday is coming up. And so, you know, okay, my puppy is squeezing his toy and I hate to take it away from him, but not today, buddy. I'm sorry, but my birthday is coming up. And I was like, wow, you know, um, I, I reflect back on all the things when I was getting older, uh, or, you know, when I was younger, sorry. And it was just like, man, why did I overcomplicate so many things? But on, on the same note, man, it was so nice to see the things that I've learned that used to scare me to death that now are kind of just like an afterthought. You know what I mean? So um, if you're in there, if you're in your early 20s, hell, even 30s and 40s where things kind of freak you out or public speaking freaks you out or talking to a stranger freaks you out or whatever it might be, uh, listen up because I want to share tactically the things that I did on how to become more confident as I was growing up. So number one, very simple, very straightforward. You know, I was in college and my best friend, who's still my best friend to this day, uh, you know, he happened to, you know, we do what all 18, 19 year olds do. We'd be out at bars, we'd be out at like college parties and we'd be talking to like, uh, you know, some ladies and stuff. And he would always notice me from a distance. And, you know, I'm about five foot eight, five foot nine, maybe five ten on a good day. And, you know, the girls that we kind of trying to chat up in our college were maybe, you know, five foot one, five foot two. And he would be like, man, every time I see you like go try to talk to a girl at this, you know, bar that we were illegally drinking at or at some party, he's like, you're always slouching is what he would tell me. And I'd be like, kind of like that. Right. And it was more because, you know, I was nervous. I was trying to be cool. I had my cool haircut. You know, I bought my cool new $35 t-shirt, whatever. And I was just like trying to impress these girls as every 18, 19 year old does. But I was literally shoulders down, slouching, kind of bringing myself down um, to their level. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but it's a very subtle thing. You know, body language is something you see a lot of people uh, talk about. But, you know, even when you're young, uh, you know, body language is super important. And so I would always uh, have this problem where I would kind of probably because I was coding, I was a computer science major. And as you can see here, my dog is uh, trying to uh, messed with me uh, by by uh, taking this toy. But uh, I was a computer science major. And so I had a lot of problems where, you know, with my posture and whatnot, but that kind of went into my uh, normal daily life. And my best friend was like, dude, from a distance, I know you can't see it because maybe you're drunk or you're too caught up in what you're doing, but it looks really weird. Like it doesn't look like you're a man who's like exuding sex appeal. It doesn't look like you're a guy who's kind of sure of himself. It seems like you're like some like, not even, I'm not even that tall, but it's like, it seems like you're like some kind of like, you know, insecure, weird giant, you know? And especially when you, when I observe you talking to people and I kind of had my guard up a little bit, I was kind of taken aback initially, but then I was like, bro, okay, what are you doing? Um, you know, maybe this guy has a point. So, uh, 
And it was very simple. It was nothing really for me to fix, right? In terms of like, I didn't have like nothing crazy to fix. It wasn't like, hey, I got to go spend all this money on like getting my teeth fixed or I got to spend all this money on uh, buying new clothes. It was literally, you know, kind of sit up straight when you talk to people. And I think now, you know, that was 15, however many years ago, but now it's like, obviously, uh, posture is super important. And so it was a very simple thing. But then when I started talking to people, I started to notice a very subtle shift in how they perceive me, you know, like girls, especially, you know, I don't think girls are innately evil or they think they're like, Oh, such hot shit, get away from me. But obviously girls know a lot of times they have to have their guard up because guys are guys. Right. And so I started to notice the second I stopped slouching, the second I stopped leaning over, I was like, kind of received a little bit better, you know, and that initially gave me a little bit of confidence to kind of chew on, which then begot more confidence, right? That's the thing about confidence, right? Sorry, buddy. Like, that's the thing about confidence. It's like, you know, in baseball, they say, you know, don't try to hit a home run on every pitch and you will have like foul balls and bases. And I don't know if you guys can see this. My dog is going crazy. Um, but you need to have these like little victories, right? You need to build confidence slowly over time because most people, they think they're going to get their like, you know, beautiful bride or beautiful husband. It's all going to happen in like one shot. Like they're going to go to the gym, lose a hundred pounds one summer, and then their whole life is going to fall into place. But in reality, real confidence is a bunch of little victories over time. Right. So for me personally, like it was just about being comfortable and like not, uh, you know, I guess taking this advice from my, my close friend, just not being this kind of slouchy, uh, person and fixing my posture. And very soon that helped me a lot more as I progressed kind of in my confidence journey, which leads me to number two. And, and that is, you know, uh, a lot of people who kind of struggle with this and it's crazy because when I went to India for my job, I noticed that, you know, even guys who were like 35, 40, and I was like 26 at the time, uh, they would get very nervous, you know, presenting this happens in corporate America too, where a lot of people are like computer science guys or engineers, and then they finally have to give like a presentation. But then these people, they kind of choke up a little bit, right? Because they've never been put on the spot to present to some manager or some, you know, uh, whoever. And so for me, uh, because I was starting to do stand-up comedy and I kind of had to like overcome my fears of like public speaking, whether I wanted to or not, there was literally no choice. Uh, one thing I did, and a lot of people don't do, comedians don't do it. And a lot of people, uh, you know, don't really practice it, which is simple memorization, right? So, uh, if you have to give a PowerPoint presentation, we've all been there in the office where like some guy is like presenting, okay, then we have the cloud solution, da, 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 whatever, you know, we have a found 15 level two bugs and priority one, blah, blah. I don't know why I'm doing that silly IT guy accent, but you know what I mean? Like, and then you're like, oh my God, this guy is just reading off the slides. This is going to take forever. Right. And even with stand-up comedy, when you see a lot of comedians kind of just like mumble their way through their jokes, reading off a notepad, um, you know, a lot of the mystique and a lot of the amazement is kind of gone. And here's the thing about even corporate America, corporate India, and even comedy, you know, a lot of it is simple delivery. You know, if you read various comedians who are famous, their jokes on paper, they may not be as funny as a tweet or, you know, reading them off of a book. But when you see them delivered live by people who are generally serious about what they do and confident about what they do, uh, these things really come to life, you know, and when you're presenting 
at like your software job or your business job, a lot of the guys who are listening to your presentation are just as kind of uninterested as you are in what you're doing. I'm not saying your job sucks, your job is useless. I'm saying maybe they're thinking about their kid or their work or their brand new car or a date they got that night. So as long as even if your presentation has a typo, dude, I've seen people in corporate boardrooms and corporate management structures where they spend way too much time on slides about the perfect font and like the perfect typography and like not a single uh, spell check, you know, or not a single uh, grammatical error. But then no one's listening to the presentation because they don't work on actually presenting it. Whereas other times I've seen people present with like horrible slides, you know, uh, grammatical errors, you know, software issues on the projector, whatnot, but they were just so confident. They knew what they were talking about. They took the time to remember 10 bullet points that that made all the difference. Right. And think about the power of that, right? Like it's something so simple, but a lot of people overlook it because our priorities sometimes are misguided. Obviously with like software code and like, you know, other stuff, it needs to be exact uh, medical things, but in things where it's like presentation and communication, you know, delivery is often a good chunk of the battle, right? You got to know what you're talking about. You got to put in the work, but most of us do that anyways, right? Where a lot of people get lost is in that last mile of kind of delivery, right? Last mile, taking a, taking a term from e-commerce, right? Last mile delivery also, also applies to, you know, your personality. And so one thing that that would help me a lot, so as simple as first point was, you know, hey, don't slouch, sit up straight, try to remember that when you're talking to people, it made a huge difference. And that led into when I would kind of, you know, get 24, 25, 26 years old, and I was asked to give PowerPoint presentations um, and started to do comedy, I would, in my office, I would book a conference room, okay? You know, every big company has like, or if it's a smaller company, you can just get the room. I would book it for like an hour or two hours. And, you know, people thought I was I was just working in there because I needed more space or I had like a conference call about something else. Um, and now a lot of people would just work from home, right? But back then what I would do is I would book a conference room. I would close all the blinds so nobody could see me. And whether I was doing a stand-up comedy thing that night or I was giving a presentation to some higher level IT manager guys or clients visiting from the US, I would write down what are the 10 bullet points I got a nail in my slide you know, perfectly, or what are the 10 jokes I'm going to do tonight? And then I would write them on the whiteboard and then I would turn around and I would try to deliver them because let's be honest, a lot of us are bored at our jobs anyways, right? A lot of us may have a presentation tomorrow, but between now and then we've got like three hours of web surfing and wasting time that we do where we don't need to spend those three hours just stressing over that presentation, especially if it's more or less done, but we do need to spend at least 30 minutes perfecting the delivery of it, not even perfecting it, but just remembering the delivery of it. So when push comes to shove, we can kind of just walk through it without just reading off of the slides, because that's the number one thing that really turns people's attention away and really just takes away from your confidence, which is when they're not being receptive, right? So I would write down 10 bullet points. Okay, today I'm gonna talk about our company's headcount. I'm gonna talk about the five products we're working on. I'm gonna talk about what three projects are on schedule, what's behind schedule, and like what's completely lost in the shuffle. Um, I'm then in the next slide, I talk about, okay, why that one field project failed. And then I talk about what's our steps going forward. And I would try to just go through that in my head, standing up away from the whiteboard. And anytime 
I, I kind of had to look back at the whiteboard to see what was next, I would start over. Very simple thing. Okay. You can read hundreds of books about memorization. You can, there was a great course on Coursera about learning how to learn, but it's as simple as do it. Just, just get repetitive and do the work. I always talk about reading a book twice because the second time you kind of go through something, the, the gains you get from that are so substantial. It's a marginal effort to read a book twice or to review a presentation twice. But the second you do that, it sticks with you like 10 times more than you just read it once. So that's always been very helpful to me in terms of, you know, how I sort of practiced uh, my confidence. Um, other things that I had kind of noticed uh, as I as I was going through the stuff was, um, you know, stand up straight, we talked about, uh, you know, we talked about, okay, obviously trying to memorize things. Another huge thing that I always thought uh, was kind of silly and my friends would get so annoyed when I would do it was, uh, you know, let's say you're on an airplane and guys, what do we always do? Once, once in like 20 flights, there might be a pretty girl in your young single years that you happen to be sitting next to on the flight. Every guy is always looking forward to it. They're always wondering, especially when you're under 30 and you're single, oh, who's going to be sitting next to me? And if by some chance you are next to some gorgeous woman or guy or whatever you're into, um, you know, there's always that moment from the time you sit down, oh my God, I'm sitting next to the hottest girl on the plane, uh, to, okay, I should try to say hello, or I should try to make conversation, or, oh my God, I don't want to be too creepy, or, oh crap, it's already 90 minutes into a three-hour flight. Like, if you say anything now, this is going to be horrible, right? So get in the habit of no matter who you are sitting next to on an airplane, learning how to say hello and say goodbye. You don't need to make best friends with anybody. You don't need to be the annoying person on the plane who's super chatty. But if you're going to, you know, we get lost in our cell phones and in the shuffle, but if you're going to, um, you know, learn how to communicate in modern society where technology has kind of diluted so many things, it's a very simple thing. If you're sitting in an Uber pool, sitting in an airplane, sitting in a bus, sitting in a train, and you're gonna, you know, spend physical proximity with somebody, learn just how to simply say, you know, hello immediately. Because usually, you know, and obviously a lot of confidence is about how do I meet somebody and have physical attraction? You know, how do I make them physically attracted to me? But usually just sitting down and saying hello is a very simple, harmless thing. Say it to guys, say it to girls, say it to old people, say it to young people, but just get in the habit of doing it. If you only ever try to say it when it's like somebody super attractive and you have some sort of motive, you're going to get in your head and you're going to be weird. But in terms of just being a sociable human being, you know, some people it's so natural to them. I think for me now, it also is like, I have no ego about it. If somebody is not polite or I am polite, I'm literally just saying, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, oh, are you flying? You got family here? Oh, cool. All right, we'll have a nice flight, you know? Or, oh, sounds good. And then if we keep chatting, that's all good. You know, sometimes I don't want to chat. You know, sometimes somebody's trying to chat to me, I will be polite. I will appreciate the effort and then I'll put on my headphones or whatever, right? So um, these are the kind of things that a lot of people don't realize, but they make a huge impact in your kind of growth as a person because a ton of confidence is just communication. Uh, you know, it's just delivery, it's memorization, it's body posture. And these are the things for me, a computer science Indian dude who kind of, you know, never even had, you know, much experience with the opposite sex until I got older and all this other stuff. These are the things that kind of help me piece by piece, base hit by base bit hit in baseball or single by single in cricket or whatever it is, kind of work my way up. And these building blocks, you know, now I'm standing up straight. Now I'm 
willing to say hello to strangers. I know how to carry a conversation. At my job, I'm being recognized because I kind of know how to present. People are looking up to me because it's like, wow, this guy, he did a great presentation. You know, let, let's get him next time. Because by the way, when you think like, oh my God, how can they ask me to present? I'm not even senior enough. Those older guys who are 30, 30 plus, they don't want to go to that place for their presentation. They don't want to give the presentation. So they're happy to outsource it to you. They're happy for you to kind of take it forward, right? And as you kind of build these kind of tools and start to get more comfortable, another thing I used to notice that that really helped me was once I kind of really got into it where like, you know, comedy was clicking and I was really feeling like, I don't really care what people think. I don't care if somebody puts a picture of me and my belly is hanging out or I have a double chin. It's not nice. It's not flattering, but it's not the end of the world, you know, because in comedy, a lot of the times, even a couple of days ago, you bomb and you bomb hard, right? And there's nothing more degrading and humiliating than bombing, right? Because people are not listening. They're looking at you uncomfortably. It's like a live physical thing. It's not like a video or a tweet where they're just not responding. They're physically there ignoring you and they're uncomfortable and you're uncomfortable. Um, so don't get in the habit of doing it too much, but it's always like a motivating factor that like, I don't want to do this, but if it happens, it's not the end of the world. People are not going to change my life one bit except maybe make me stronger right so when all of that started clicking for me another thing i used to do was you know in the indian community a lot of people go to weddings right or in you know the non-indian community or just corporate life in general we go to mixers and events and social functions right and so one thing that was interesting was when i started to be confident as a comedian and you know started to learn how to talk to the opposite sex and was kind of respected by my peers uh if i was at a wedding you know, usually people kind of get their samosas and their snacks and there's like all these empty tables in the banquet hall and nobody's, it's kind of like a high school dance, like who's going to sit where, how are they going to behave, what's going to happen. And so you always kind of look of like, okay, where can I sit? Who's already sitting? I don't want to interrupt their conversation and be kind of be there awkwardly. So if you notice, by the way, even I'm kind of sitting up now because I realized I was kind of slouching, right? So what I would do is I would just sit first. I would find an, even if there was three people I kind of knew over there, but I didn't really know them that well. I was totally comfortable with taking an empty table at like a wedding. A lot of us haven't seen each other in like five, 10 years, whatever. And I would just go and I would sit by myself. And you know what? The strangest thing would happen. The second I sat down, immediately somebody else who was fun to chat with, guy, girl, whatever, they would join me and they would be like, hey, can I join you? And within like 10 minutes, okay, hell, maybe even within like three minutes, there was like four people, five people at our table. And now everybody wants to sit at our table because it's like an already established group. We're already having a good time. And then you see those kind of more shy people, kind of timid, kind of lurking around the table because they were too shy or insecure or whatever to sit down first because they didn't want to be seen eating alone or whatever, right? Especially in a group setting. But like, who are you, who are you fooling? You know what I mean? Like all of us are like that. And so it kind of gave me like pause to think, wow, dude, like, this was not a big deal at all. And yeah, sometimes once in a while, maybe you're going to keep sitting alone while like 10 of your friends who weren't even that close to you were sitting somewhere else, but that's okay. Then you get up, you kind of like, Hey, can I join you guys? Nobody was here or whatever. You know, if you're really kind of stressing out or insecure, got crippling anxiety that people are looking at you or whatever. But in most cases, people are polite. People are, are sweet. You know, people, even if it's somebody you don't know, they're, they're happy to, to chit chat. And cause that's the whole point of a thing, like a wedding or a mixer. Right. So a lot of people kind of get in their head and they just think they got to watch some crazy motivational video about being confident. But for me, it was literally, you know, uh, kind of pick up your shoulders a bit, stand up straight when you talk to people. I did that for a couple of months to a year. 
And when I started to see they were a, a bit more responsive, I even like kind of felt taller, like a little bit as I was speaking to them. Then I started to realize, okay, I can like start to volunteer for these like presentations. And I should say hello to people in public settings, even if I never ever speak to them, speak to them again. If I'm in the elevator here at my apartment building, I say hi to everybody, okay? It's kind of annoying early in the morning trying to walk your dog, whatever, but it's a good skill to have. We've lost it. You know, people in the 50s and 60s, they did it all the time. And they're the ones who kind of built the modern world, right? At least the ones that we know. So the world that we know. So, um, and finally, you know, kind of on the wedding tangent is when I would travel for business and work, uh, you know, a lot of times I wouldn't know anybody. That's the reason I got into comedy because there was open mics in these towns where I would go to. But uh, when I would travel for work, obviously you got to eat. And so what do we all do if we got to go to like random Houston or Austin or Miami, Florida or Seattle or Delhi or Bombay and we don't know anybody, we either order something to our hotel, we either eat at the hotel um, or we go out and we quickly grab something and bring it back, right? So delivery, hotel room service, or we quickly go to like some McDonald's drive through or something, come back to our hotel, watch Netflix, surf the internet, you know, swipe on Tinder or whatever, and eat some soggy, you know, packaged food, you know, that sat in the car for 20 minutes. Instead, in a town that you're not in, not from, you don't know anybody, go learn to eat alone, dude. I know some books say never eat alone, never have a meal alone because they mean like network all the time every time you sit down to eat. But sometimes you don't have that luxury. And so it is quite okay. It's, it's in fact a liberating. And by the way, I refuse. My wife hates this, but I hate takeout, all right? If I'm paying you $14 for something that costs a dollar, noodles or a pizza or whatever, I'm also paying you to have it brought to me for me not to do the dishes. And I'm also paying to have it eaten hot, fresh, plated with condiments and, you know, refills and drinks and all that stuff. I'm not paying to have 18 boxes in my house and have that food get soggy for the next 10 minutes in the car. Because let's be honest, with condensation and all those and all that packaged stuff, it's nowhere near as good as eating it at the restaurant with like clean cutlery, clean forks and knives on a plate, you know, in a nice setting two minutes after it was made, right? Professionally, by the way. So for me, I'm always like, when I'm in a new city, I always make it a point to go out, eat alone. Worst case, you can look at your phone, but just learn learn to be out there and just be a person, dude, you know? Because the second you do that, you get comfortable with awkward silence. You get comfortable kind of being with yourself. And those things are super important in terms of your confidence, right? Because if you're not, if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't kind of have confidence in even being alone, how can you have confidence being around other people, right? So um, I think it's hugely important. Like, you know, if you have crippling anxiety or you have, you know, mental health issues, I get it. I understand clinical depression. I don't know much about, but, you know, sure, I'm not trying to attack anyone, but I'm just saying like, these are simple, simple tricks that always helped me growing up. And even to this day, I still practice them, saying hi to strangers, memorizing things off of a whiteboard, and then repeating the list in my head and going back to the whiteboard until I have the list laid down perfectly, you know, uh, eating alone, not slouching and all sorts of that stuff. So, um, I hope that was helpful to you guys. I do apologize. And my dog is looking at me. He's so pissed because I locked him up for the, so I can record this podcast now. Um, but let me know what you guys think. Anything that's helped you that maybe we haven't heard before. I'd love to hear it in the comments or on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever. Uh, I've been Sanjay Montala and I will see you guys next week. Birdie num num. Birdie num num. A birdie num num. Yeah, that's right.